of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, but it is the most overwrought rendition I have ever heard. Riffs and runs out the yazoo. Like, she sounds good. She sounds great. But, like, towards that last chorus, oh, my God, it is just so extra, but I love it so much. Welcome back to the choir room. Happy holidays, guys. We have reached the fourth and final Glee Christmas special. It breaks my heart to say this, but we have done it. I think this is also the last holiday special that Glee will have to offer. No more Valentine's Day after this. It's We're done. This is it. So welcome back. Of course, I'm not alone. I've got my little helper once again. Matt, how are you? As jolly as ever <laughs> for another Christmas episode, I, uh, look, I liked the last one a lot. I gave it zero slushies, so uh, we're just going to have to see how well this one holds up to it. I uh, I did enjoy it, so I'll tell you that, but it was just, uh, I think, uh, o- only one person in this podcast is uh, certain to miss the Christmas episodes going forward and probably be sad that they are over, and it's not me. Yes, I will be sad that these are over. I have to say, I mean, just... Just to get this out of the way, I think that season four still takes the cake. I think that is the best one. I think it has the most interesting stories. Um, But I think I will say that this might be a second, in my opinion. I think it sort of is the wackier of all of the Christmas specials, which... You know, coming off of an episode uh, like The Puppet Master, I guess I was sort of already well-tuned to accept a more wackier episode. And my inhibitions are already lowered when it comes to Christmas time and Christmas specials. So, I mean, I was already going to be, you know, I, you you had me at Christmas. So anything that comes after that, I'm probably going to like anyway. But I think, yeah, I think this might be a close second. I don't know if you feel the same way. Um, I, I think I, like, my gut instinct says yes, uh, I think. I, you know, uh, as we go along, a lot of the times, uh, as we, we break things down, it starts to kind of add clarity to exactly how I feel. Like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I really like that. And then as we go, I'm like, this was so dumb. And then I'm like, wait, maybe I didn't like it. No, but I think, um, like I said, my gut instinct is that I think I enjoyed it. Uh, you know how much I love this trio. I think both of us love the, the New York City trio. So it's fun to see them in action doing something uh, wild and crazy in this episode. And then, you know, this is obviously a, a themed uh, episode right now we are currently towards graduation we are almost done with the school year which obviously is nowhere near christmas time so the way that they go about this episode deciding to obviously air a christmas episode in the middle of you know at, the, at obviously this is when christmas season is so of course they want want to air a christmas episode at the time but with the timeline that glee is currently in it makes no sense to do so so i'll give them points right off the bat though for the fact that they decided to you know come up with this uh, really like it, it felt easy, but still felt like a somewhat creative way to kind of be like, 
oh, look, we still have a Christmas episode for you, even though obviously it's not Christmas right now where we are. Yeah, um, I was shocked by that, too. I don't know. I remember thinking when the episode got the promos um, during the season, I was like, wait a second. It's literally they're about to graduate. Like they're about to go to nationals. What the hell are they doing? But I concur. I think that this was a rather clever way to do it and to lower the stakes because they decided to make it sort of an alternate universe in the Glee universe. So you could get away with a lot more, which they really needed because the absence of so many characters in this episode would make no sense. There's no Kitty, or excuse me, there's no Joe, there's no Brittany, uh, Sugar. Miss, there's no Sugar, there's no Finn. So it really doesn't make much sense uh, when you think about it, but you know, you can kind of, the, the rules are bent, obviously, because they're going back in, in time and not only going back in time, but creating this alternate timeline. So I was sort of here for it. I enjoyed this a lot. Yes. Um, I, it's what's surprising to me after having watched all of the Christmas episodes again is just how low on the list. I mean, there's only four of them, so it's not really a long list, but I just remember thinking that season three had the best one. And that's just not the case anymore for me. Like season three is good, but I just think that both four and five are a lot better. And season two might be on the, maybe season two might be the worst because season three does have that really cool thing going for it with the Christmas TV special. But I'm just surprised that season three has like gone down the list for me because it used to be my favorite. And now I can no longer say that. So yeah, the biggest shocking thing for me. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people that are uh, kind of seem to be on the same page, I think uh, as me, I mean, speak up for the people that uh, you've heard from on the same page as you, but uh, for the people that have been on my side of things about how we feel about the Christmas episodes, I have noticed that uh, a lot of people share the sentiment of usually you just kind of either skip it in the rewatch, or if you watch it, you're really just not paying attention. It's like, uh, personally, I find it hard to care about a Christmas episode in August, in June, in whatever other months that we've been recording them. As we've been doing them for the podcast, I've, I've, you know, enjoyed them a lot more because I'm, you know, watching them as a part of the the series as a whole. Uh, But like when I was doing my last rewatch, I was like, okay, it doesn't really, I don't really need this. And of course the music in itself, it's like when you're comparing the best and the worst songs of the season, for me, I've never included the Christmas music in those rankings. I've never, cause I'm just not big into Christmas music uh, in the first place. So I think that's not the case for you. I'm pretty sure you have had a Christmas song in your top 10, like season ranking, whatever at the end of a season. Uh, So yeah, obviously uh, different perspectives here, which is not uncommon for us, but I think that uh, there's a lot of people who really do fall on both sides of things. So hopefully that everybody else, you know, everybody out there that's listening, I hope you guys are, uh, even if you're not the biggest Christmas fans of uh, our Christmas episode fans, like I'm not, uh, hopefully you're getting something out of this because there are some, uh, you know, a lot of cute moments all throughout. So uh, excited to get into it. Oh, and best believe when the holidays are coming around, we will definitely, I will be forcing Matt to record a special holiday episode and we'll rank all of the Christmas episodes, all of the Christmas songs, all of that shit, all that jazz, because, you know, I just, I'm a sucker for the holidays. I love it. And once again, if you are listening to this during the holiday season, happy holidays. I know I'm talking to myself. It's fine. But all right, let's just get on into this. We're going to open up the episode with Sue, just letting us know what the hell is going on. Uh, she says, hello, I'm America's Jane Lynch. In October 2012, on the Paramount Sound stages, the cast and crew of Glee filmed a Christmas episode entitled Rough Trade Santa. Upon viewing the director's cut, 
Fox executives recoiled in horror and then locked the episode in a lead vault where it languished for an entire year. A new, less controversial Christmas episode containing an entire act dedicated to biracial Judaism was rushed into production and aired in its place. Uh, After a year of pleas from fans all over the world, the episode will now air with several edits. Gone is an entire subplot involving Blaine and his obsession with Yule Logs. Lost Forever are several scenes explaining why Will Schuster abandoned his Washington dreams to come back to teach his merry band of miscreants and losers. So sit back, relax, have some eggnog, and enjoy, if you dare, the never-aired Glee Christmas episode. America's Jane Lynch. That was a, a surprising intro for uh, for me. It kind of throws you off a little bit. I mean, yeah, this is Jane Lynch, but... She's not Jane Lynch on Glee. I mean, she's Sue Sylvester. Uh, So it was very like, here's behind the scenes footage of Jane Lynch, America's Jane Lynch, introducing the episode that, you know, like they really kind of like try to pull you in by saying, you know, this is this is not supposed to be an episode that was ever released. We had to go in, you know, a different direction at the time. But uh, we're going to show it to you anyway for this Christmas because uh, we're not at Christmas time and you got to watch something, right? (laughs) Enjoy. Yeah, I couldn't put it any better. Um, We're going to cut to the choir room. The theme this week, of course, is Christmas. But on top of that, it's going green. You got to go green for Christmas, which Unique is willing to protest. He's like, I'm not giving up my wigs or any of that stuff. Like, screw that. Like, we are. No, it's not happening. But what Mr. Shu means is that for the Christmas tree decorating competition uh, for all the clubs in the school, you got to go green. You got to use all natural products like no, none of the none of the usual bells and whistles that comes with Christmas uh, fanfare. Try and be as natural and as green as possible. Uh, Tina and Sam are going to take the lead as the uh, the show choir tree competition tr- Christmas tree decorator committee, whatever it's called. Um, and Tina is just hellbent on winning this competition because the prize is this uh, glass angel that is said to have good luck. And she needs it because she wants to win prom queen. Like, oh, God, like we're regressing. We already had this arc. <laughs> Whatever. This is supposed to be 2012, Christmas and 2013. And yeah, so she's hellbent on winning. She's letting everybody know, like, cancel all your plans all month. We are not doing anything else but making sure that we have the best Christmas tree as, po- as possible because I need to win that. I need to win that angel. No ifs, ands or buts. I just don't understand how they could possibly even think to go green for Christmas without bringing Rory back. I mean... The guy was nothing but green, sang about being green, and green everything, and yet we're going to have a green-themed episode and not even have, like, uh, you know, to fast-forward in the episode, have, like, Rory be a part of Becky's tree or anything like that. Like, fully missed opportunity to bring back Damien McGinty to the show. But I guess uh, that's my little, uh, my version of the Joe rant from you, so I'll... uh, (laughs) I'll give a little shout out to Damien here. Uh, I really, I really would have expected that they would have used an opportunity like this to do that again, especially since he was literally on the last uh, uh, Christmas special that they did. Glee, actually, I was like, this would have been a. Per- I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm sure they had considered it. It just seems like they could have done that, but yes. Yeah, so, uh, contest here. Let's uh, let's do it. We'll add some stakes to this episode, even though, like you said, we're kind of lowering the stakes as a as a whole by bringing it back in time. Elsewhere in the school. The non-denominational Christmas club has been called to order. Artie is going to let them all know 
Uh, and this Christmas club is in pretty much entirely of Glee Club members, as you know, because why not? Um, he's going to let them all know, like, look, the outdoor manger scene uh, at McKinley has been defaced. Uh, everything has been wrecked. And uh, the little baby Jesus has been stuffed down Figgins' chimney. Like, it's it's horrible. Tina's going to say it's such, oh, my God, Christmas is canceled. This is all horrible. But they're like, you know what? Nope, not quite. You know, Artie is a director at heart, so he's going to take it upon himself to enlist the Glee Club and the rest of the Christmas Club in a live manger scene. And he wants all of them to audition for it. And, of course, a bunch of the girls want to be the Virgin Mary. Tina wants it. Unique, of course, wants it. Marley wants it. Kitty's going to, you know, pretty much shit on all of them. And, of course, Marley being one of them, be like, oh, you want, of course, the Virgin wants the Virgin Mary. To which Marley's going to try and have a comeback saying, oh, well, my bra size is bigger than yours. It's like, okay, girl, sit down. Uh, Beasts wants, who does she want him to, she wants Jake to play who? She wants Jake to play Joseph. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he was a darkly tanned Jew. (laughs) And Jake uh, fits that role perfectly. They're going to ask the question as to whether or not live manger scenes are even allowed on public school grounds, which no one seems to have an answer for, but, you know. It is what it is. So the Glee Club, they are in full swing. This is the this is the Christmas Christmas production of the episode. Is a live manger scene. Uh, and all the girls are gonna be fighting over who's gonna get to be the Immaculate Mary. Yeah, this whole thing, this whole part of this episode just feels so strange to me because like this is like heavily leaning into like the religious side of things, is it not? I mean, I have, you know, we've talked about before, um, how little or uh non-existent religion has been in my life, but uh, the way that it has been is that I was raised Jewish anyway. So uh, everything that's happening in this episode is completely like, I I know of it, but I don't know anything about it. (laughs) I just know what the characters look like. Uh, I know what the, I know, like I've seen this scene before, but I just feel like all of this is like, so like strange to be happening in a high school. I feel like this is not, uh, not usual. Yeah, I mean, they, the, the joke is on us, really. I mean, they're, and they're in on the joke because they start off by saying it's non-denominational, but they are trying to put up a manger scene using kids that are Jewish. Like, <laughs> Jake is Jewish, and you want him to take place in this Christianity scene. It's it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, I feel like they haven't necessarily gone this route before, so I guess it is a bit of a departure from what they usually do. They sort of just lean into the commercial and the pageant aspect of Christmas, as Rachel will put it. But I mean, I don't. I guess I don't mind it. I mean, I grew up Christian. I, I I still consider myself a Christian, and it was nice to see this like taken off like this kind of you know comedic way that Glee takes to, tends to have a spin on things. So I was along for the ride. I had a good time. Yeah, and uh, you know, at least uh, even if I don't fully understand what's going on, I can at least just try to appreciate what, what's happening with the characters. I mean, you pick up on uh, on what they're what they're saying. It's nothing too complicated to figure out. But yeah, right. uh, Marley and Kitty uh, back to the, the feud that the two of them used to have. Glad that we, uh, you know, if we're going back in time, it uh, it makes sense to go back yeah. to that, which we haven't really heard a whole lot of since since then. The ri- the rivalry is back, baby. It is back. <laughs> All right, so elsewhere in NYC, Santana has dropped by Kurt and Rachel's apartment, and she comes bearing gifts. She has given Kurt a uh, deluxe, all-jazzed-up styling head. Uh, he used to have one as a kid, and she can't. he can't believe that Santana would give him one now. She's That was so sweet of her. But the whole reason that she's in town is because, I mean, this is 2012, she has recently broke up with Brittany. 
She didn't want to be in Lima for the holidays because, of course, she would have just wanted to spend the entire time with Brittany. Uh, so she's here in NYC to change some things up. And uh, she also got him. She got Kurt an all expense paid trip to Dildo Island. And it, it got he, she, he even got the deluxe bachelor uh, package for him because he's also a recent uh, recently broken up with with Blaine. Um, so, uh, yeah, Kurt is happy to have her here, and she also has gifts for Rachel, who's not home yet, but when she does come home, she's also surprised to see Santana there, because if you remember, Santana hasn't moved in at this point yet, she doesn't move in until, like, after the holidays, I think, but Rachel comes home with the idea of, like, oh my goodness, like, this is perfect, you're here too, I got us this great gig, we're gonna be elves at the Midtown Mall for Santa, we're gonna get to have all the kids take their picture with Santa, all the Broadway luminaries take their kids to get their Santa t- pictures here. We're going to be able to network and get our faces seen and perform and sing and all of that. Like, Santana, please say that you're in. And Santana is going to reluctantly agree. I don't think she came to New York with this plan in mind. But, I mean, what the hell else is she going to do? So, she's in. Yes. So, point number one, uh, Santana, this well, messy writing from the writers because she's in New York because Britney broke uh, because, yeah, she's, she says because Britney broke up with me and, uh, you know, she's still sad. Britney did not break up with you. That is not anything uh, realistic. You went back and ended things with her uh, and it was a conversation began by you. Britney was the one that was like not wanting it to really happen at the time until you kind of, you know, made it a thing. Uh, so, uh, that's a little weird there. Uh, number two, the package the deluxe back bachelor package to dildo island what uh okay <laughs> uh, i get the whole point about kurt being you know boring and they're trying to spice up kurt's life at any opportunity that they get like how many times do they have to call this guy boring in the same season but a deluxe bachelor package to dildo island because he's now single oh yeah okay kurt's definitely down for that i mean kurt was down for a lot of this episode so i don't think it's far off the uh <laughs> Out of the realm of possibility that he'd uh, take a trip up to Canada to Dildo Island. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. And I'm glad they also make a reference here to the uh, Santana f- uh, College Fund, which she had, uh, you know, we- we've heard about here and there, I guess, since maybe like once or twice since her mom gave her that money back at the end of season three. But now here we are. And she's talking about that she spent half of that money on uh, Christmas gifts. And I just hope she's kidding. I don't think that she is. I mean, <laughs> I, all I really hope to she Dildo is. Island. And that those she even got she got uh, there was a reference to all of the plane tickets that Rachel she got like her a booklet of JetBlue vouchers so yeah she's she went all out yeah. like and so you're into your point about the Britney comment I didn't even catch it the first time but now that you're pointing uh, pointing it out I kind of think that that's just her like being dramatic you know what I mean she's like oh Britney broke up with me I'm sad I'm throwing myself a pity party I'm spending all of my money because I'm justifiably sad. That's kind of how I interpret the line. And, like, yeah, she didn't – obviously, they broke up. You know, like, she was the one that initiated it. But, like, she's just – she's in her feelings right now. And she just wants to make make herself feel better. So she's spending all of this money that – what was the calculation that we made? We thought it was, like, what? We never got a number. It was just a lot of money. (laughs) It was a lot of money. It was a lot of money for an 18-year-old to just get out of the blue. But, uh, yeah. They're going to be Christmas elves, the Midtown Mall, and it's going to be fun. Yes, be and Ra- Rachel's going to be the best Jewish elf ever, so can't wait to see that. Yes. <laughs> I love how Rachel is just, like, so down for Christmas every year. I mean, it, like, she doesn't even get a Hanukkah song. Like, it's, it's like Puckerman and, and Jake that get the, the Hanukkah songs, and, like, the, the main Jew of the show doesn't even get that. I just It's 
find it hilarious. I'm, I'm starting to forget. Like, did Rachel is Rachel somebody who has said that she celebrates both holidays? I feel like she might have said that. She, I mean, she. I think it was like during the season two, or maybe it was season three. I forget. She was like, I don't like normally. I don't really do Christmas gifts, but like I'm willing to do it this time. Like she's because everybody else celebrates it, so she's like, whatever. I think that she's like more into like the fanfare of it all more so than the religious thing. She's just like, yeah, I like I like just the, you know. The gift giving and the decorating and the music and all that stuff. Yeah. Sam and Tina are back at McKinley. They're going to be going over what they're going to do for the Christmas decorations. Sam really wants them to get in uh, a real tree um, because, I mean, it's supposed to be all natural, right? But Tina makes the point, well, I mean, you are cutting down a tree only to throw it, throw it away two weeks later. Is that really being green? So good point there. But they're going to be interrupted by Becky who is seemingly wearing a hat with mistletoe on it. And she's going to ask for both of them for a kiss. She's like, I'm super horny, so you better give me some tongue. They're like, what? She's like, I mean it, bitch. I want to lick those Asian tonsils. And then once you got me all warmed up, I'm going to make you French me because it's Christmas and I'm loose. (laughs) So is Becky by? Becky's just down for a good time. I feel like alternate timeline Becky is by. And I'm kind of here for it. If, you, if you're labeling it, sure. I just feel like she's down for a good time. She wants to have mouth sex with Sam's face. Tina's like, you know what? You need to stop. Like, I feel like you've gotten away with murder at this school because of Sue. You need to just give it a rest. Like, calm the fuck down. Sue's going to overhear this and be like, you know what, Becky? Like, what the hell are you wearing? That's not mistletoe. That's poison sumac. You need to go to the, you need to go to the nurse's office, get a full Silkwood. Becky asks for the Lacar. Sue gives her the Lacar. And uh, once she leaves, she's like, you know what, guys, you're absolutely right. I have been treating Becky a little differently when I should be treating her just like everyone else. You've made your point. Fair is fair. And I will adjust myself accordingly. Sam's like, I think that she just needs to be treated for some sort of sex addiction because that was ridiculous. (laughs) But anyway, she's here to inform them that Principal Figgins has uh, made her in charge of the 50th annual McKinley High Christmas tree decorating competition. A long-standing tradition here at McKinley High, even though we didn't do it last year. Or the year before that. Or the year before that. But anyway, I can't wait to just be so uh, fair and just and rank you guys dead last. Because I'm sure it'll be your tree will be uh, covered with condoms and dental dams and suicide hotline pamphlets and at-home sex change kits. Sounds harsh, but maybe it's just that motivation those poor little Christmas uh, kids need to go out and audition for Niata. <laughs> so good luck. Yes. And she walks down the hallway filled with this holiday joy. She's like mm-hmm. kicking her legs up in the air and just uh, showing a display of a holiday cheer that uh, seems pretty uh, unlike Sue. But I guess when you give Sue some power in the middle of uh, Christmas time, then she's more than happy to go along with the holiday and uh, turn it into something for her own gain. Uh, yeah, this Becky thing is really funny. We've had uh, we've been following Becky, uh, I guess, specifically in this season. I know we flagged up in the last Becky episode about how Becky is truly always down for a good time you know like Artie comes up to her to try to help her with like life and she's like oh you want to sleep with me and he's like no I want to get you to college she's like oh you want to have a threesome with me and Kitty he's like no seriously I just want to see if you want to like go to school we can go visit a college she's like oh to like go there and hook up with people we can we can have an orgy uh no she didn't say that but like she is so down for <laughs> for this so Sam calling out the fact that she needs to get some help for a sex addiction it's like uh I don't know uh, I think she's just having a good time as long as she's not hurting anybody. But then again, she's not hurting anybody. But like these like 
these advanced it's not an advance but she's probably making some people uncomfortable with this constant like desire to tell them like what she wants to do to them in the middle of a high school hallway so maybe yeah we probably do need to get this to be toned back a little bit like she's probably making some people uncomfortable but point is uh at least sue's recognizing that she treats becky differently and uh she says that she'll work on it i don't know if she's actually going to i guess we'll see in this episode and uh yeah so um, I, like any episode, honestly, any episode that has Becky and Sue is uh, lately I've been noticing a lot better for me than episodes without. Yeah, it's a lot of Becky and Sue in season five, which I don't re- I don't know why I didn't remember that happening. But I guess we got to get it in while we can, because we know what's coming up soon. Yeah. In the season. And so. as much as like uh, we talked about how Sam was taking over, like the being stupid character or whatever. And like that's obviously where Glee tries to get the funny out of. Uh, they try to, you know, get people to laugh at everything Brittany said because she was dumb. Uh, they're they're using Becky to get everybody to laugh at uh, what she's saying because they're really making her this over-dramatized version of herself and, like, going all in on the bitch and, like, all of, like, the sex jokes and everything like that. So they're really <laughs> using her for the for the comedy. And that's, you know, this is, this is where, like, Becky shines, I guess, in this season. And like you said, I didn't really remember it as much as I uh, am surprised. I'm surprised I didn't. I mean it, bitch. I like to curse, bitch. Lauren Potter has, like, such a... a- great tone on that word it's just always it's just so cutting yeah she's so razor sharp i'm just like oh damn like i feel like she's calling me bitch every time i hear it right and i'm not mad that she is <laughs> yeah no let's get a cameo of course calling us bitches back in nyc the trio are on the first day of their job at the midtown mall the only problem is they're there to be Santa's little helper with no Santa. But when he does eventually show up, he's a fucking alcoholic. Because, of course, he's like a man in his 50s with a job as Santa in NYC during the holidays. Probably not, like, the best job for him. <laughs> Clearly not enjoying it. Because when he gets there, he immediately leaves, decides, you know what, guys? I'm actually going to go ahead and uh, hit the men's room and nurse my flask. How about you guys cover me for a little bit? And I'll be back when I get back. The kids were already unruly before he even got there. Like, we want Santa. We want Santa. We want Santa. And Santana was taking forever coming out into her costume, uh, which Rachel has a problem with. She thinks the the guys look fine, but all the girls look like candy stripe hookers, which I have to say, yes, but it looks good. So once Santa leaves, uh, Rachel's like, okay, you know what? Like, we're going to have to put our Niata training to good use and just put on a show for these kids. So the... Three of them, uh, along with a few of the other elves, are going to put on their rendition of Here Comes Santa Claus. Yes, yes, they really do. All all three of them. I mean, Rachel and Santana, I think especially, are really going to take the highlight, uh, like, the, to take the center stage of uh, of this in terms of costumes. And you're like, okay, look at these two. Like, okay. And Santa obviously notices as well as he uh, strolls up to uh, find his little elves for the day. Uh, the scene with him and Kurt is uh, very funny. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like... I don't even know how to describe what I, what I was, like, feeling while I was watching it. It was just, like, Kurt just takes so much shit from everybody. Like, literally everybody looks at him, and they, like, give him crap about absolutely nothing. Like, Kurt, you're boring. Kurt this. Kurt that. You're you're whatever. Uh, and now Santa just comes up, who doesn't know him from a hole in the wall. And Santa comes up and yells at him for being, like, stuck up and, you know, being a, a snooty little neotic kid who probably knows every single word to the Ren soundtrack. And it's like, yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah, he does. But uh, <laughs> where, where'd you come from, <laughs> Santa? Uh, so he's 
going to take that anchor out on them. And yeah, this number of uh, Here Comes Santa Claus is a very fun way to kick things off. Uh, it feels like we got so deep into the episode without a number, but uh, it's fine. It uh, We finally got there and I was uh, really enjoying this one. Yeah, they sound cute. I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of the little harmonies that they got going on there. It's adorbs. I love it. They look good. I liked the performance, but the kids did not. They're like, boo, we still want sin. And then they start throwing all this food at them in front of their parents. Like, can you get your kids, please? Like, y'all are some spoiled-ass bitches. Like, ugh. But whatever. <laughs> Back at McKinley, Marty's going to come up to Kitty and say, so all of us girls have decided that since all of us want to be the Virgin Mary, we're going to go ahead and audition together, and you should totally join us. Kitty says, no thanks. Marley's like, okay, well, I was just trying to be nice because, you know, that's Marley. Um, and Kitty's like, you know what? I have a very low tolerance for nice. My body just rejects it like a natural, like a virus. And I, I have to move back into my natural state of cruel, selfish insensitivity. The fact is that between Lady Man and his junk flapping around on stage, you're probably passing out at some point during the audition. And the basic truth that there is no other the ones to let a Chinese girl play Mary. I would get that part hands down if I wanted it, but I don't. So clearly uh, we're missing a little bit to the story here because she's like the only like loud and proud Christian of the group, yet she's over here talking about that she doesn't want the part. Doesn't make sense. But okay, Marley, whatever you say. I just, my, like, I felt like my, my my body was craving that kitty monologue. It feels like it's been so long. And, like, uh, I literally just saw a Glee poll. Like, uh, uh, the Glee polls account, they put up a poll yesterday saying, like, whose, uh, like, long monologue ins- of, of insults, like, are the most iconic. And it was Sue, Santana, and Kitty. Kitty was, like, dead last. It was, like, Sue and Santana running away with it with Santana in the lead and probably ended up winning. But Kitty's are still good. I'm still going to, I still want to give Kitty some credit for hers. Like, Becca Tobin does a good job with these deliveries. Um, so I was, like it just and it's been a while like i said so i was like craving this just uh yeah i just i may seem really cool and loving for a week or two but then my body rejects it like a virus and i move back into my natural state of cruel selfish insensitivity like yep there it is so i'm glad we got some of that back and uh i mean this this time though it's a, it seems a little different because she doesn't seem too happy with what's going on uh and it seems like this is coming from a place of like genuine hurt uh that she doesn't feel like you know this is uh, gonna end up working out very well in a way that she's uh hoping for it to Matt is a Cheerio. I would love I just know to be he a Cheerio. Is. Like if Matt were in the Glee universe, he would totally be that mean bitch Cheerio, fucking up everybody's shit. I just see it. Okay. I just see it for you. That's that's like you don't know me at all. Like at all. I would love to stand them. But you think that's like my energy? Like that's that's who I am? Like I have that within me to be them? No, I'm going to sit there at the cafeteria table on the far side of the room away from them, admiring them. But there's no way I would be them. Yeah, but people that admire Cheerios often want to be Cheerios. Okay, and people that have no confidence to ever become a Cheerio because they know it's not them would never be a Cheerio. Come on. Sounds like something a Cheerio would say. Okay. Believe me, I would love it. I would love to hang out with Sue and Kitty and Brittany and, uh, you know, fire me out of a cannon. I'll, I'll, I'm down. <laughs> fire me out of a cannon, bitch. <laughs> Episode title, fire me out of a cannon. I'm down. <laughs> the uh, kids are uh, putting together their Christmas tree as they're singing. Uh, what is the name of this song? Rocking around the Christmas tree. <laughs> I always get, it's so frustrating because I'm such a Christmas music aficionado. I don't know why my brain always mixes up Rocking Around the Christmas Tree and Jingle Bell Rock together. It pisses me off because I know the clear difference between these two songs. 
but I always just, they always get conflated in my head. And I'm always like Christmas bell rock or rocking around the jingle rock. Or so it's, it's, crazy. I guess the bigger question is here when you're writing your notes, do you not write the name of the song down? I didn't write notes for this episode. Because oh. I know it pretty well. Ooh, wow, look at him. Oh, he doesn't need notes. I have notes. I have like a full thing of notes every episode, even if I'm not hosting. I watch this episode all the time during Christmas. Like it's in, I know it. I don't, I, yeah. Yeah, but like when you, no, you have to have something because you sit there and read back uh, a whole monologue. You have to, how do you, what do you, you don't have that memorized. No, I just say it off the cuff. Stop it. Uh, I'm really not joking, Matt. Like, I oh well some oh no sometimes I have like the episode up so like I'm able to, it's easier for me to remember what's going on but like I so at the beginning of this podcast when you read everything that Jane Lynch said you had that memorized no I no that part I I uh the episode was playing so I was able to read it along that's something the other like so, the other ones like like the one for Kitty that one was short I was able to memorize that one but the other like but the, the Sue one no that was too long I had to I had to know what was being said interesting. I mean, I am an actor. Memorizing lines is like my specialty. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Anyway, um, the Glee Club is decorating their shit. The Cannabis Club is decorating their shit. The sports one, I guess they're all just coming together and just like making a sports tree as well in the locker room. They're all just getting their shit together. Um, and when they're done, the Glee, the Glee Club one looks pretty good. It's, you know, looks like a looks like an old pine with some... I'm not really sure what having deer antlers on there is so... I mean, that seems like you had to kill a deer to get those, but yeah, okay. I'm not too sure. <laughs> they, But they, they were having a good time, like you said. Like, they were having fun. Like, they were putting that room together. It felt back, like, back in season two, Glee Christmas special of, like, all the original New Directions, you know, decorating that tree. So I felt like they were kind of returning to their roots with that one. Um, but And everybody sounded pretty good in this song. Like, they did a really good job of splitting up uh, some mm-hmm. of the vocal parts of, uh, you know, including Will in there as well. I wasn't really mad about it. I mean, he hasn't been singing a whole lot in these later seasons so i wasn't mad about them throwing him in on a christmas song rather than a uh blurred lines so uh yeah i mean that's uh, a much bigger <laughs> improvement here but yeah already in there jake kitty I think marley this is like his first one so like he doesn't does he sing in any of the other ones in christmas i don't think he does yeah i'm sure he does but i can't verify i can pull up something else to look i don't think he does because he does he's not even in the Chris the the glee one for season three he's in there like for one second then he's gone i don't think he sings in season four because he's not there he's in washington true in this alternate timeline now he's in new york i mean not new york in uh in ohio and then in season two he might but i i'm having a hard time picturing it so i feel like he doesn't sing at all season two yes he does he sings with fake sue for you're a mean one mr grinch oh but he's not but in the episode though like that's on the christmas album but it's not in the episode yeah it is it's when sue comes into the choir room and the two of them do that number together uh but it's not actually sue singing there was a a different person that was doing the vocals along with will in that number but he does sing in it in the episode he does i thought it was just katie lang and that was it uh i mean i don't know the uh, wikipedia page says will schuster and katie lang so that's what I was basing that off of, but... We'd have to watch it back. Yeah. Who knows? Point being that he doesn't really sing a lot during the Christmas episodes, which, you know, I'm fine with. Fine. Whatever. But yeah, the Christmas tree looks really good. Good for them. Back in NYC, however, Santana's over it. <laughs> I guess she left them all and went all the way back to Brooklyn because I'm assuming they mean Midtown Manhattan. So she had to at least catch like a 45-minute train ride to leave their bitch asses at the mall 
to go back to Bushwick. She's in the bathtub, like, like just perched up, living her best life. Um, they call her. They're like, what the hell are you doing? Where have you been? She's like, I'm sorry. I needed a much-needed break, okay? It's exhausting playing a slutty elf. They're like, can you please get back here? Santa pla- passed out, probably crapped his pants, and until the mall can find a replacement, we need you to play Mrs. Claus. She's like, no, 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 You play Mrs. Claus, Lady Hummel. You were born to play Mrs. Claus. And Mrs. Butterworth and B. Arthur and Barbara Bush. <laughs> Uh, like, please, Santana, can you please come back here? The the mob is getting restless. So Santana reluctantly leaves the bubble bath, comes back to the mall, and arrives as Mrs. Claus. Kurt and Rachel let the kids know that Santa's little, not is feeling a little under the weather, but Mrs. Claus is here to take all of your uh, wishes and she'll be sure to relay them to her, to the big man, okay? So Santana comes out. She gets the show on the road. All the kids come up to her. And it's a shit show. Uh, she, a girl is going to ask for a, uh, a Doc Stuff's time for your checkup doll. She's like, oh, no, no, no. You seem a little, seems a little molesty. You might want to wait until you're older. I didn't start playing doctor until I was nine. She tells one kid maybe she needs to freeze the fat for Christmas. Uh, she doesn't even let one of the kids come up to her because she's like, oh, hold up. You look a little Jewish. What about you, Rachel? You see it? Like, I think that mm, this isn't your holiday. She also tells one of the kids to ask for their dad to get a better job with a dental plan because his grill is all grill is all jacked up. So Mrs. Claus is um not as merry as her husband. We'll leave it at that. Yes, she is uh she she's an iconic Santa Claus. I mean, I uh I think she deserves every penny of the paycheck. Santa Claus. <laughs> Santana Claus indeed. Yes. That's the episode title. There it is. I feel like I wonder if we've said that before. I know, I know. I said uh, one time before that I like always wrote down in my notes on Christmas episodes like I could never get Santana and Santa right. And I was like, oh, do you do that in your notes as well? And you were like, no. And now I'm realizing it's because you don't have notes because you don't write notes. So, uh, yeah. Why are you coming for me? (laughs) I just can't believe that. I mean, I don't not take notes every time. Usually I do, but for this one, I was just like, I know this episode. I don't really need it. Like, it's like, what am I taking notes for? I don't know. I would forget things, but you uh, have a better memory than I do. You, which I'm not being shady. You absolutely do. You uh, recall things a lot quicker than I do. So that's why I'm just surprised because I can't. I can do that. But yes, she's uh, kind of reading every single one of these kids as they come up to her, like <laughs> completely going savage mode on all of them. Uh, tell like, she's uh, she comes up to this this one kid comes up and wants like what was he call it a kinder college learning laptop and she's like oh why don't we just get you an iPad you can't even get porn on whatever you just asked me for. <laughs> And I also read that that scene was cut out of a version that was shown in like uh, Australia, maybe it, uh, it just uh, did not fly everywhere that the episode got released to. And then she gets another kid that comes You're up to such her. Such prudes! Oh my god, get over yourself. <laughs> another kid comes up, uh, a young little girl, and she's like, "Oh, you look exactly like a young Britney S. Pierce, doesn't she, Rachel? She looks like Britney." And oh. then she tells the kid, "Britney is my ex girlfriend. She just dump, uh, dumped me, which is why I'm even here in the first place, <laughs> and why I have this job. Oh, and we're lesbians, you know? Like I've never been with." <laughs> and she gets the kid ripped away from her. She's like. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, yeah, that, that other kid with the uh, dental needs that Santana's going to call out and be like, you really need to ask your daddy for a job with some dental insurance because uh, your grill is freaking jacked up. Do you see this? I don't know what the hell Kurt and Richard were expecting because they're just aghast the whole time. I'm like, it's Santana. Mm-hmm. Y'all pulled her out of the bathtub to come and play Mrs. Claus. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Right. 
I mean, she'll like she'll give them a brief period of time where she's just kind of like calm, cool, collected with them all, and they kind of, I guess, just their guards drop down really low of like not expecting not expecting Santana to act like Santana, but then you know they again, like you said, they kind of like uh, pulled her out of <laughs> the bubble bath and whatnot. She was happy to uh, be where she was, and now she's gonna come back and do it her way. Oh, all of the dads that were in the crowd oh my God, yeah. made her grand entrance. Like, yeah! They were all like, like their eyes wide open, jaws dropped to the floor, and you see every mom in the crowd that's like looking at them like, excuse me, uh, eyes over here. <laughs> because, yeah, she, in the elf outfit and then uh, now in the Mrs. Claus outfit, like she's, she's just uh, killing it up there. Sexy Santana. I love it. I would gladly, I would gladly sit on Santana's lap to ask her for uh, for my Christmas wishes. I mean, gladly. Who wouldn't? <laughs> All right. Well, back at the school, Sue is there to judge their Christmas tree as all of the kids stand around gently singing or humming "Oh Christmas Tree" or "Oh Tannenbaum," depending on, you know, your preference for the title of that song. She she wanted to rank this in dead last, so she's gonna try and find any anything to. Uh, put this tree in the trash um she asks what one of the ornaments is made of and sam says it's a suet cake for migratory songbirds and it's loaded with wildflower seeds for the birds to poop out in their deforested wintering grounds in the amazon river uh she asks what species they say douglas fir and she says what is the primary habit of and sam was like the red trevil and she's like okay so what happened to the vole you left homeless when you cut down this tree and Sam was like, do you mean Richie? Because he came here to live with us. And he pulls out Richie the tree vole with a little Santa hat on. It was so cute. And Sue's like, well, Glee Club, I got to hand it to you. I thought Becky Jackson was going to take the first prize this year, but she didn't finally get the concept of green decorations. And we're going to get a cutaway of Becky's tree that has overripe bananas and limes and green school supplies and books and moldy bread and it's not even a tree it's just a pile of junk so of course in comparison to the glee club's christmas tree no contest she says well done guys good for fucking you and she leaves begrudgingly yeah um i just i i do kind of question uh at a certain point the glee club's methods of getting Sue to like their tree. And I kind of, I questioned it like back and forth because at first I was like, they're going to like, they're going to welcome him, her into the classroom, like singing to her with this like light humming that they have going on. And like, she doesn't like them. Like she doesn't like them at all in the first place. Uh, she thinks that they're a joke and she's going to like, they're going to sing to her. But then again, I was also like, well, sometimes it kind of melts her heart a little bit when you, uh, you know, warm, warm her up a little bit with just, uh, you know, some, some light songs, some genuine, like genuine sentimental feelings in the air. So I was like, I don't know, I guess maybe it could work. And then eventually, yeah, it seems to uh, be winning her over uh she you know i guess stuck to what she was saying earlier about how you know she does always give becky a little bit of uh, extra special treatment and she tells the kids about becky's assignment and what or becky's uh task whatever she put together uh, we do see that green tree with like the green apple and banana and whatever else she had uh, pulled together uh, to make that tree a reality and it just wasn't really it sorry bex i was robbed coach <laughs> well that was the breaks kid over in the auditorium, uh, the Virgin Mary auditions are underway. 
Mr. Shu is there. Uh, Coach Beast is there. I love when Coach Beast hangs around with the Glee Club. It always just kind of warms my heart. I just love when she's like gets her artistic side out because you know she's such a hard ass and a badass when it comes to like sports and everything. But when she comes uh, to help out with the Glee Club, it's like such a different kind of beast. I just I love it. It's just really cool. Uh, of course, Artie is also one of the judges as well. And like we said before. Marley had come up to to Kitty with an idea of a group audition, but she said no. So she's sitting in the audience looking rather uh, pissed off um, because she's not up there. But we're going to open up with Kitty, excuse me, Unique, Tina, and Marley with their rendition of Mary's Little Boy Child as their audition song for the Virgin Mary. And they sound so good. Unique sounds so good on this song. She's so dramatic this entire time. They've got like a little bit of a reveal as well because they they start the mm-hmm. song with these very flowy cloaks, and then towards the end they rip them off. And uh, Unique's got this pantsuit on, and they've got these uh, these bodysuits on. It's just really really good. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's a, a it's a really fun number. Uh, they they look good. They have the whole background going for them. Again, the Glee Club does have a crazy budget. Will I don't know what you're trying to get more money out of her for out of Sue for? Because look at this background of like these beaded curtains. It's just a very beautiful background, and the outfits and everything is great. Uh, both on these three girls for this a number and the next number, they just look great. Um, I really hate the line from Will Schuster um, saying that he's happy to help Coach Beast judge her potential virgins. I uh, really didn't need that. Um, Will, <laughs> like, well, come on, who's who's writing this stuff? Like, and why are we like leaning in on the Will should be in jail kind of stuff? Like, he really, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Kitty the whole time looking super pissed leaning off. Leaning in on the Will should be in jail stuff. <laughs> they are. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but Kitty, yeah, Kitty looks super pissed off this entire performance. She's not into it. Uh, but everybody else seems to uh, have really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, Coach Beast especially, who has a little Jamaican in her, and that touched home for her. <laughs> I actually cackled when she said that. I was like, bitch, if you don't <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a I had a good time with this. And the kids were enjoying it, too. The only person that was had a... St- Dick up her ass was uh was Kitty, but I mean she missed out. I mean you could have been a part of this. You could have you could have yeah. had this going on. Yeah, but Co- you Coach said Beast no, asked her. So. She's like, "Are there any last minute auditions?" Like probably aware of the fact that Kitty wants to get up there. I mean, look around the room. Who else is there? Uh, but Kitty gets up and walks out. So no, she's uh, really not down for it. Yeah, no dice, no dice. Back at the mall, the NY three three, the NYC three. <laughs> I like NY three. N NY three, yeah. The NY3 are um, lamenting about, oh, my God, we're going to get fired. Those kids are still chomping at the bit for some Santa. What are we going to do? This is a disaster. We're going to get we're just, we're screwed. But then, out of nowhere, down the escalator comes this hunk of a man. His name is Cody Talentino, but you can just call him Sexy Claus. He's like, how are you guys doing? Cody Talentino but you can call me Sexy Claus. I heard some chatter about there was some trouble over here. So us Santas, you know, we, we like to we like to close ranks. Uh, Santana's like, okay, well, I have to admit that even I feel a little something for you down here. I get a little jingle bell going for you, but we really don't need your help. Uh, he's like, all right, I'll, I'll just go. But if you guys were looking for help, I would just leave out the back door because... I mean, these kids—they get crazy, and you know they don't want to—they they don't want people messing with their holiday cheer. So, you might get trampled if you leave out the front. And Richard's like, "Oh my God, okay, no, 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 we don't want to get trampled. So, can you can you help us out? Can you do you have any pointers for us?" And 
Cody's like, oh, great. Well, yeah, like I'm, I could, uh, I could help you guys calm things down. But if you really want to save Christmas uh, for all of you, it's going to take, you know, like the rest of the week for me to, 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 to give you guys some pointers. So I'm going to hereby deputize you guys as my elves. And Kurt, who is slobbering because he's newly single, hasn't been touched in, you know, a couple of months, I'm assuming. <laughs> it's like, okay, so what are our responsibilities? Um, he's like, okay, hold on. Not just yet. I like to get my to know my elves first. So what do you guys say? Maybe dinner? Your place? Kurt's immediately like, okay, how's 8 o'clock? He's like, yeah, that works. Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. What the fuck are they doing? What are y'all doing? Are you talking this about the writers crazy. or the characters? Both. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I felt like this was a very, like, transparent, like, it's like you I don't know what other episode this might have worked for them in, but I think it's season five. They know their audience. It's majority uh, women and gays, I would say, if that sounds fair to you. Uh, so to have a random shirtless man with a full eight pack, uh, you know, just obviously a very chiseled body and in a Santa suit coming on in your fifth season Christmas special. I was like, you know what, Ryan Murphy, I can't even blame you for it like of course he was gonna do this and have just people that might have been like zoning out in the middle of a christmas episode like jolted awake by the sight of this guy uh cody whatever his name is and yeah i mean we see the reactions from uh the 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 ny ny ny3 uh who are looking at him up and down and like okay uh it doesn't even give them a second thought as to who this person is what does he want from us what is happening here they're just like okay you're really hot we'll do whatever you say I kind of wish because, you know, Jane Lynch op- opens the episode and says that this episode was uh, originally entitled Rough Trade Santa. I kind of wanted an entire episode of this. I kind of hated that he came into came in during the second act. You know what I mean? Like this, this was so wacky and so crazy that I wanted more. I was just like, this is I can't believe what I'm watching right now. Like, I need more. Um, so I this is just such a strange departure and a strange change in tone from the first half of the episode that I just don't even know where to go. But I'm, I'm along for the ride. So this is this is going to be fun. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's going to get it's going to get fun. But why? I mean, you this like who is this? Who is this guy? Like he's like, oh, you guys are going to get trampled without my help. And just Rach, here's a, here's a smart idea. Just take off your Santa cost, your your elf costumes and just walk out of the mall. Like, why do you need this guy's help? And furthermore, why do you need to invite him for dinner? Like, this is a complete... And don't you... Wouldn't Rachel have Brody at this point? Even if this is an alternate timeline, like, she's still dating Brody, right? Like, so it it was just strange. It was very, very strange. I don't know. Plot holes, but uh, point point is that, uh, yeah, I mean, you you could have uh, obviously gotten correct or uh, easier ways for them to get out of the situation they were in but that do not uh those do not require them following a really hot guy back to their apartment whether it's today or you know in a couple days from now back at mckinley sue is going to interrupt class um and say here are your morning announcements that were obviously too unimportant to be mentioned until now the three runners up in the politically correct green themed christmas tree decorating contest are the biology club the 420 Club. Yes, Donna Brett. And Beast and the football team. Becky's like, oh, what about me, coach? What about me? And the winner of the tacky plastic angel made by a 12-year-old slave is Bahumbug the Glee Club. 
to the Glee Club wins. Becky is pissed off. Of course, she takes the xylophone and smashes it against the wall because that is her MO. Yeah, Sue comes over the PA system and she's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. No worries. Because uh, Becky obviously made a very loud noise that even if they didn't hear it on the PA, probably heard it from your classroom anyway. Uh, so yeah, they uh, the Glee Club is going to win over all the other three. And uh, I think that's Sue's way of, uh, I guess, just coming around to what they were saying about the special treatment towards Becky. But yeah, um, just, you know, if only this could have meant that the uh, New Directions were going to go on to have a Merry Christmas. But no, there's still drama to come because the, uh, the the cast list is about to go up and it's time to find out who got the role of the Virgin Mary. Yeah, they uh, put the cast list up. We see Unique not look too happy. Obviously, she didn't get the part that she wanted. Tina didn't get the part that she wanted because you know who gets the part that she wants because it's it's her. Marley. Marley is the damn Virgin Mary. Uh, I'm trying to th- see who the rest of the cast were. So Artie got Mel- Melchior. Unique got Balthazar, Blaine got Gabriel, Tina got Casper, Sam got one of the shepherds, Ryder got another shepherd, Jake, of course, got Joe, Marley is the virgin, and I'm guessing Kitty is just a villager. <laughs> um, but Kitty's going to walk up behind Marley and be like, oh, shocker, the virgin, uh, Marley gets to play the virgin Mary. Aren't you worried about that typecasting? And Marley's like, okay, girl, like, don't do that. We asked you to audition. You said no, so you can't you can't treat me like this she's like i didn't want the part she's like you obviously do want the part and if it's that important to you we can go and talk to mr shu right now and you can glad i'll gladly give you the damn part but marlon's like no or kitty says no i'm a christian i know what it means to have the virgin mary in your heart i don't have it i don't deserve to be here and to tell you the truth i'm more like mary magdalene so no i just i, I don't i don't want to play her if i don't have it in my heart to play her which okay we're getting some humanity from uh Kitty here, when she's supposed to be a stone cold bitch. Yeah, um, cool. I, 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 again, I kind of feel like maybe I'm missing something under the scene because I, I, just I don't know. But uh, it's it's okay, it's fine. Just uh, you know, still I, I'm focusing in on the Marley versus Kitty of it all, which again is back to being more relevant than I guess it has been in the last couple of months. Obviously, Kitty isn't with Artie right now, so usually all of her attention would be focused in on him uh, if this was today. And Marley's got a lot of drama going on in her own world right now, which uh, I like didn't even think about how like none of that has been brought up. I guess she's still with Jake right now, uh, if, if that's the timeline that we're in. So this is all uh, very strange to process. I think she's just like... I mean, the Virgin Mary is supposed. I mean, she's the mother of Jesus Christ, right? Like, she's supposed to be like this uh, very faithful woman that um, has her ear to God, and you know, was the one that was chosen to have this immaculate conception and just this very, very pure and innocent person in Christianity. And Kitty knows that that is just not her, so she can't be. She can't get up on that stage and pretend to be the Virgin Mary when she literally induced uh, bulimia in one of her classmates. So mm-hmm. um, I get it. And she's out here, like it, you know, with Puck. Who knows what the two of them were up to? Well, no, she wasn't with Puck at this point because that wasn't until Sadie Hawkins, which was after the holidays. So see, what a wacky timeline. Hard to hard to piece it all together. Yeah, it is. It's it's crazy. Back uh, in Brooklyn, the NY3 are putting together their apartments to welcome their uh, sexy claws. Rachel's putting together some music, and Kurt is making some eggnog. He asks Santana to try it, and she's like, uh-uh, no. That needs some kick. Don't all of you gays love Julia Child? Didn't she spike everything? And he's like, okay, I guess I could put some cooking sherry in there. But Mr. Claus, 
He arrives. Ho, ho, ho. He is shocked by the apartment. It's it's so nice. Um, he gets to drinking some of the eggnog. It looks like Santana and Kurt are already drinking some of the eggnog, just sort of like following him around the apartment. Uh, Kurt is slobbering this entire time. He's impressed with the vintage records. He's like, I've been living here for so long, and I have never seen a place this nice before. Santana asks, okay, so Santa, do you got any uh, things in those in that bag of yours? And he's like, yeah, I got lots of, I got lots of stuff. I do all sorts of parties. I do bachelor, kids' parties, uh, bachelorette parties. Uh, so he's just a Santa of all trades. So he's got some helium in there. He's got some balloons. He's got some costumes. All kinds of stuff. He asks them how they all met. Rachel lets them know that they all met in high school. They were in Glee Club together. And he's like, oh, so do you guys take requests? Because I just got the most crazy idea. And he pulls out this helium tank. And they get to sucking on the helium, drinking on the eggnog. And we get this rendition of the Chipmunk song, Christmas Don't Be Late. <laughs> this is so fucking silly <laughs> are you an alvin and the chipmunks guy have you ever been i am not i wouldn't say i'm an alvin and the chipmunks guy but i every time they came on tv i would watch i just didn't watch them regularly but i i, I enjoyed them but i didn't watch regularly no okay well obviously the the setup of of all of this being rachel santana and kurt as uh the three different chipmunks Kurt specifically right. getting the uh, the funniest role of them all. Simon. Yeah, uh, they they are really just uh, leaning into this uh, for the Chipmunk song, and you know that uh, you know that this is as ridiculous as the fox in the in the last episode. Like this is just as wild. It's like remember that time that Glee had a Chipmunk song by Rachel Curtin Santana running around uh, singing in Chipmunk voices, and it's like yeah. That actually did happen. And along the same lines for me of where I praised the last episode as highly as I did, um, I got to sit here and do the same thing again here. I really do. I have to. I have to. It's just this is so ridiculous. The fact that they decided to do this. It's like we're in season five of the show. You have these stars on your hand in Leah Michelle, Naya Rivera, Chris Colfer, and you have them running around an apartment with a shirtless Santa Claus and singing Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like you are j like what is happening here? Um, but. I enjoy every second of it. It's like, we're going to sing it now. Okay, Rachel. Okay. Okay, Santana. Okay. Okay, Kurt. 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 <laughs> What's the other chipmunk's name? I can't. It's Simon. Theodore. Alvin and Theodore. I was like, why can't I remember his name? So yeah, uh, Rachel is Simon. <laughs> Santana is Theodore. And Kurt is Alvin. And this is one of my favorite Christmas songs. So when they did this, I was like, are you kidding? As soon as he pulled out the helium, I was like, no! <laughs> yes! This is going to be so good. And it was. I, it was. It did not disappoint me. Uh, they are getting increasingly drunker and killing even more of their brain cells with the helium. Just like they are they are having a night. Like Glee, Glee doesn't touch drugs a whole lot, I would say, right? Like uh, I can't think of anything where they really like go deep into like a character like getting into drugs they, they definitely don't but i guess the closest that they're going to come is a combination of uh what they're drinking here along with helium and they're going to say that's what's messing these people up beyond belief yeah, i mean yeah i mean i've never i mean i'd i've sucked on helium a bit too long and that shit will definitely fuck your ass up like i almost lost consciousness one time oh so i can only imagine what like doing a, taking a bunch of helium and drinking on top of that like whoo oh boy <laughs> so 
it's yeah, it's this is, this is a lot of fun it's it's so much fun they're all dancing all around the apartment with the abs guy um which is how i called him in my notes i didn't get his character's name i just called him abs uh kurt was literally like grinding up on him at one point in the song uh and yeah he he just wants his hula hoop kurt just wants his hula hoop uh and yeah they're they're drinking and toasting uh all throughout the song they end up on the couch having so much fun and uh this guy is just the entire time uh looking all around the apartment and you see his eyes traveling up Mm -hmm. and down and looking at everything there to see like eyeballing every single piece of uh collectible belongings that uh that they have in their apartment and these guys are uh you know none the wiser and when they're done, they seem, some things seem to have calmed. Uh, Rachel and Santana are on the couch staring at their Christmas tree. And we're just like, oh, my God, I love Christmas. Santana's like, me too. She's like, and I love New York. Me too. She's like, you know what? You should totally move here. And Santana's like, no, I have my scholarship. And I can't just leave in the middle of the school year. Or Rachel's like, I know it's impossible. But, like, look, you could, like move here, move with me and Kurt, and like, it could just be great. They hear a noise. They're like, oh my God, where's Kurt? Where's Kurt? And where's where's Santa Claus? They go into Kurt's room, and he is going to town with Sexy Claus. <laughs> uh, Santana is like, wow, what am I seeing? And she's like, oh, what, are you jealous? She's like, no, I'm not jealous. I'm just disgusted, but impressed. And Kurt's like, well, you guys tell me that I should live a little all the time. And look, I'm in New York. I'm single. I'm available. And look, your hot buttered rum concoction is dangerously lowering my inhibition. So <laughs> let's just throw caution to the wind. And send, uh, Sexy Claus is like, you know what? Yeah, let's let's do this. Ladies, join us for a toast. And uh, here's to us being naughty this Christmas. Yeah, he does. Uh, Santa does tell them that he that he swings both ways, so don't worry. Uh, you know, he's happy to uh, spread the love around as uh, if they would like to. Which I don't know that that's exactly what this French uh, this friend group does. Uh, you know, sharing people like that. It's uh, a little. Uh, maybe a little bit more uh, R-rated or PG-13 or whatever you would call it than, uh, I guess, Glee tends to go. But, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, this guy's just trying to get them as drunk as possible as uh, not in the right state of mind so that he can just kindly leave without causing any kind of commotion, I believe, is what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. They're going to wake up the next morning hungover as fuck. Santana, Santana, wake up! <laughs> Uh, the last time I felt this way, I was I was roofing at Lilith Fair. They wake up, examine the apartment, ransacked, ransacked. They hear a muffled voice come from Kurt's room, and they found him, they find him bound and gagged. Um, and Kurt's like, "Oh my God! Like he, he did this to me! Like he asked me to be his little Rudolph, and when I said no, he ended up not being so jolly, and then he." tied me up and then he just admitted that he was here to rob us blind anyway so rough trade santa has left the building with a few of their belongings 
Just a few. Yeah, just a couple. Just uh, just a couple of them. He took so much. I mean, I don't know what they had in there, how they had it all, where they got all of this stuff from. They moved. Like, you go to school in another city, you don't bring your entire life with you, right? You Like, you go to, you know, you bring your, your clothes, you bring anything that you need, you know, basic things, and maybe a couple of extra things that, you know, have value to you that you want to have with you. But this apartment is filled with things that they have. I mean, first of all, this apartment is obviously way too big for these people, obviously way too expensive to be any kind of believer. So hard to uh, have ever sold us on that, but they managed to fill it up uh, with so much nice stuff, so much uh, like these records that the guy was looking at earlier. And now it's all gone. Now it's all gone. You let a stranger into your home because he had a really nice body and uh, it wasn't even just like it's, you know, it's, I guess it's a little different if uh, they were out like one night and, you know, you pick up somebody that you want to come home with or anything like that. Like that's, you know, perfectly fine. But this boy just randomly came up to you at the mall to just offer you like nothing and you made dinner plans for him to come back to your apartment, not even like meet at some other place. Like, you don't know this man. It's just so, so insane that, uh, that these three allowed this to happen, especially Santana Lopez, who knows, like she's able to sniff out sketchiness from a mile away, but even her, she, she could not resist the, uh, you know, letting the abs do the, t- the, do the talking here. And uh, this guy just ends up back at the house. Like I'm impressed, I guess, on his behalf that he did not get sniffed out by Santana, who, you know, caught Brody within seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point about Santana. She usually is the uh, person to, with her Mexican third eye to, third eye to sniff out all this stuff. But um, yeah, not this time. No, Cody she Tarantino, was uh, too yeah. excited at the prospects of singing some Alvin and the Chipmunks with a... Uh, with her two friends that she tolerates and a random stranger. I really, 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 really want to do that this year. (laughs) What? I'll have to do it in like shifts though, because I can't ingest that much helium in order to make it through the entire song. No, 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 They have voice apps for that these days. You can, uh, you can, you can make something else happen. Don't, don't put that inside of you. I mean, it's not, it's harmless if it's just a little bit, bit by bit. Eh, I've never trusted it. You've never done that before? No. Oh, Matt, live a little. You're acting like Kurt right now. It's just healing. You're just not supposed to like suck on it for like more than like 10 seconds. Yeah. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill me, but I don't want to do it. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> I am a Kurt. I've never, uh, never been ashamed of that. I know. I'm not telling you to be ashamed. I'm just, yeah. All right. Well, back at school, Becky is going to come with a peace offering to Sam and Tina. She gives them gifts. She wants this kind of like an apology for like how she was acting earlier in the episode. And she gives them her baby teeth. And she says it's to remind them of the sweet innocence of baby Jesus. Um, and also to, you know, say congratulations upon winning the the glass angel. She really, really wanted it. But we're going to get a cutaway scene with her again with Sue talking about her tree. Um, and Sue's like, you got all of this stuff out of the school dumpster. She's like, it's recycled. But you know what, Coach? You're right. I did kind of half-ass this tree. I understand why I didn't win. But Sam and Tina can see that she's just really, really sad. And she really just wanted to win one time. Because Becky doesn't really win a lot of things. And yeah, Sue has been letting her get away with murder this entire time. But at the end of the day, Becky still is a bit ostracized from everyone else. And she kind of just wanted this one win. Just one time for the holidays. And so you see them looking a little bit uh, considerate of her, and uh, we're going to see what they're going to cuck up later for her. Later, they're going to be talking with the rest of the Glee kids. Uh, Marley's going to tell them that Kitty uh, said that she apparently is not worthy enough to play um, the Virgin Mary. The other kids aren't that 
they're like, really? Like, Kitty said that? Like, are you sure she's just not trying to, like, pull your leg? But she's like, no, like, she really, really, really seemed serious. Like, she seemed like she really wanted this part, but she didn't feel like that she was good enough for it. Um, and Blaine's like, well, I feel like she is worthy. I feel like if she wants this, then we should uh, encourage her to go after if it's something that she really, really wants. So it looks like the Glee Club is going to try and give Kitty another shot at the role of the Virgin Mary here. Sam and Tina also tell um, them about Becky and how they actually want her to have the angel. So Yeah. I don't know how this turned into like a uh, let's make Kitty feel better mission. I mean, Kitty at this point is still probably uh, pretty mean to all of them. She Her bad yeah, attitude like, is like the uh, height of her bitchery. Right. Uh, but they're all like, let's make Kitty feel better. She doesn't feel worthy. Let's help her out. I guess, I don't know. I guess the Christmas holiday spirit is uh, in, in getting into all of them. And they're all, you know, let's make sure everybody's happy by the end of this week and the end of this episode. And uh, this time it's Kitty that needs to be helped and saved. And that's what we do. We help our friends. All right. Thanks, Blaine. Thanks for uh, stopping by. He's like not in this episode, which I'm really not mad about after uh, he just took over the uh, entire last one. So in an effort to get to inspire um, Kitty to audition once more, they put together this elaborate ass performance uh, with once again, unique Tina and Marley taking lead with the rest of the men in the background. And they are dressed up in Supreme's garb, singing Love Child. And it's an elaborate scene of the birth of Jesus with unique as the Virgin Mary and what did she pop out? Black baby Jesus, bitch. Yes, black baby Jesus, to which it's incorporated into the choreography as they're like, Marley oh, uh, has one hand of the baby. Unique has another hand of the baby. They're shimmying and rocking and singing Love Child, which is not a Christmas song. What kind of song is it? It's just a supreme song from the Motown era. It's not Christmas. Yeah, they uh, they look good. At least uh, all three of them in their blue dresses. They are uh, they're killing it with the like I said in the last time uh, number. They all look really good in these numbers. <laughs> I really, I really, 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 really wanted to give this my favorite song of the episode, but I can't. I refuse to give the Christmas special favorite song to Love Child by the Supremes. It's just not gonna happen. <laughs> but Unique sounds so good, and it's such a fucked up performance. I love it so much. And it does the trick, though. I mean, she's twirling around with this black baby Jesus back and forth, and uh, Beast and, and Will are so into it. Will is waiting to hand out some notes at the end of the performance, but Kitty's like, what the fuck? This is like the most sacrilegious thing I've ever seen. Mr. Shu, you cannot let them do this to the most beautiful story ever told. If we do this, we have to do it the right way or not at all. I mean, I'll play the Virgin Mary. <laughs> and uh, Sue is like, or Will's like, if that's okay with Unique, and he says happy, or she says happy holidays, you get the part. So... <laughs> How how did, it did Kitty, the trick? Kitty, you're not dumb. How did you fall into that trap? Like they like they set this whole thing up, like including I guess Will and all like everybody. Uh, I don't know if Will was actually in on it, but like the fact that they set this whole thing up just so that Kitty would uh, step up and be like, you know what, I'm gonna do this. It's like what is happening here? I don't know. This is, this storyline is a little a little fishy for me about how uh, you know she's just gonna fall right into this as if she's some like child that's easily manipulated. It's like that's not Kitty, but okay. Uh, glad that we finally got to where we want to of kitty feeling better it just this whole part of the episode happens a little bit quick for me 
Uh, I love this number so much. It's so fucking stupid. Look, I, if crazy, you want to give it your favorite number, I will not judge you at all. I uh, It doesn't make a difference to me. <laughs> I know it doesn't, but I just feel weird not giving it to a, a Christmas song. But who knows? Maybe I'll go differently <laughs> in the next five minutes. <laughs> Sam and Tina follow up on their plan in giving Becky the uh, giving Becky the glass or the plastic angel rather. Um, they walk up to her as she is admiring the Glee Christmas tree and let her know that there was a recount on the votes. She was actually the one that won. Becky says, "Oh, but my my tree was made out of diapers." But uh, uh, Sam was like, "Well, you know, it's Ohio. It's a swing state. The votes can go either way. The point is." You won. And they also let her know, like, oh, my goodness, we also have a great idea for you. Like, we want you to be a part of the nativity scene. And we got we have the greatest idea of a role for you. Are you in for it? And she is going to emphatically nod her head yes. So they're doing their best to keep uh, Becky involved, even though she technically didn't win. They just wanted to make her feel special. So, yeah, that, that's great. That I'm a lot more down for than the kitty stuff. Like the kitty stuff is like, eh, whatever, whatever. Uh, but the Becky stuff, like, yes, Becky has uh, been going through a lot. She always, uh, you know, always keeps her head up. And uh, as much as I was calling her out earlier for like probably making some people feel uncomfortable with her constant, like uh, asking them if they are just trying to have sex with her, uh, you know, they uh, she she still is just looking for a friend and looking for some uh, appreciation. And uh, her tree went underappreciated. So they're showing her some love. Mm-hmm. Back in Brooklyn, uh, Santana and Kurt are talking about last night. Kurt just feels so ashamed. He's like, I can't believe I did this. We lost all of our nice things. I just wanted to like let loose and like you not let Bl- the breakup with Blaine affect me. And now look at look at what happens the first time I try and like let loose a little bit. Please promise me, Santana, even though we're broken up, please don't promise you'll never tell him. Uh, Santana promises that she never will. Rachel comes home um and it lets them know that cody also ransacked the midtown mall so since i guess the staff saw them with him they were also fired like everybody got fired because they assumed that it was the staff so the services are no longer required um and she said that the police were lucky that they didn't get hurt because apparently he has been doing this for a while he's like this is like the, this is not the first time that police have gotten reports of a sexy clause like ransacking <laughs> the city during the holidays but as she was coming out of the subway, she saw an advert for another job. And Santana's like, oh, my God, Rachel, again, another one of your jobs. We could barely survive the first one. She's like, please, Santana, trust me. Not only will we have our mental as uh, performers tested, but we will be protected by the safety of bulletproof glass. So might be a little bit different this time. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, can't, can't go much worse than the last one, can it? But, uh, yeah, Rachel, when did Rachel get so, I mean, no, Rachel's been so ambitious, but, like, she just got, like, knocked down, like, 10 pegs after that last idea didn't work out well. But now here she is again. She's like, let's do it all over again. I have a better idea. Uh, look, <laughs> they're just so supportive of her. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever, fine. Uh, back in Ohio, the kids are all getting set up. Everybody's dressed up, and Becky comes out with a little manger wrapped around her head and a Jesus baby body <laughs> below it. Um, and she sets down on the stack of hay. Unique gets the role of the angel at this point. Um, and everybody else is in the roles that were described earlier. Um, they're getting all set up. Kitty arrives. They tell her that she looks so beautiful. Um, and, uh, of course, Coach Beast and Will are there to observe the performance. And they get started with their rendition of Away in the Manger. So all of them are singing at this manger scene. And then back in NYC, Santana, Rachel, and Kurt are singing in a storefront display. It's kind of like the Macy's store windows during the holidays. 
but this time it's like instead of mannequins it's real life human beings and they get to sing christmas tunes behind the glass in this beautiful display and they look beautiful rachel and santana just look gorgeous in those dresses of course kurt looks handsome in that outfit they sound amazing just a really really nice number to end the episode on yeah, that was my takeaway as well uh, from this whole thing. I was like, damn, they all look so good. Uh, they really like really went in on the the uh, costumes department this year. Not, not costumes, on the wardrobe. Uh, wardrobe, cost, whatever. On the wardrobe department this year. Uh, they made everybody look so good at many different times. I mean, they all looked so good in their Christmas outfits earlier at the mall. And now they all look uh, perfect here. Like, like you said, Rachel in the purple dress and Santana in that teal dress. Um, and even Kurt uh, in the middle there in his red suit. They all just look amazing which I, I doubt they feel amazing, like sitting in this glass box, singing Christmas carols to like the street, like, or whatever they're singing. Like, it's just uh, not quite the most uh, ideal se- uh, job, I guess I would say, but I guess for struggling actors in New York city, just trying to get a gig. Uh, why not? I would totally love that job. Like I, I like, after watching this episode, I remember like a couple Christmases later, I was like looking up stuff online. Like, does that actually exist? Like, does this job like that actually exist? Because I would totally get into a storefront window display and sing Christmas tunes all night. Oh my God, catch me in that window front. All Just right, catch me there. I'll be uh, I'll be on the outside. I will take pictures of you. I will be your hype man on the outs. I would love that so much. That just sounds like. Uh, I would. I, you wouldn't even have to pay me a lot. Like, I would gladly do it for as low as like. 30 bucks an hour like <laughs> it just seems so cool <laughs> but yeah that's that's uh that's the ending of the episode they all sing uh, away in a manger and uh remind us of the the true meaning of christmas and that's it as uh somebody who knows more about the uh, nativity of it all the nativity scene of it all uh did you have any takeaways from how they ended up with their final result there at the end with all the different people um in the glee club and all the specific roles that everybody was in um, I mean, I thought that they were pretty, they were cast pretty well. I mean, there really weren't any standouts for me other than, you know, the main ones in in Kitty and Jake, uh, Unique, and Becky. All the other ones are sort of, you know, run-of-the-mill characters in the nativity scene. But those, mm-hmm. like, those are the star players. The, yeah. The couple, the baby, the angel. So... Yep, and uh, Will and Coach Beast that are watching on as they did this number did seem to be uh, happy with how it all turned out, so. Mm-hmm. Yay, Christmas! I love Christmas so much. Yay! No more Christmas, sorry. <laughs> Whatever, bitch. <laughs> all right, songs of the episode, favorite songs. Here comes Santa Claus, down Santa Claus Lane, the NY3. Rocking around the Christmas tree, New Directions, and Will. Mary's Little Boy Child, Marley, Tina, and Unique. The Chipmunk Song, Christmas Don't Be Late, Cody Tolentino, and the NY3. Love Child, Unique, Marley, and Tina with the New Directions Boys as backup. Away in a Manger. Kurt, Rachel, Santana, and the New Directions. Hmm. You go first. Um, I, it's, I'm, I have a, a couple of, uh, songs that I enjoy in this episode. I think rocking around the Christmas tree is, tree is good. Here comes Santa Claus was definitely good as well over at the beginning, but hands down, no other option for me for, uh, the actual pick, uh, besides the chipmunk song. So shout out to, uh, shout out to the person on the creative team that decided that they were going to do that because as uh, much as they won me over with, what does the Fox say? They won me over with the chipmunks. 
I think does this Christmas special have the most songs in it? I, I feel like, like my does. gut answer is no. You think it is? I feel like it. You might. You might be right. It might be no. But it seems like because one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, I feel like they've done seven or eight before. Yeah, because season three has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, these this one's always so hard for me because y'all know I love Christmas music. I think I can eliminate Here Comes Santa Claus off the bat, although I do love the three of them in that. I can eliminate Rockin' on the Christmas Tree. It's really between the last three for me. Chipmunk Song, Love Child, and Away in a Manger. Love Child is such a ridiculous performance. So what makes you not pick that? I feel like this is the one that you connected with the most. it's not a Christmas song. I know. Well, I picked I picked a non-Britney song in the first episode uh, as one that I couldn't let go of as my favorite. It happens. I just want you to follow your heart. No, I'm not. I can't do it. I can't do it. And it, it, honorable mention to Love Child, but it's got to be the Chipmunk song as well. Okay. <laughs> With that, a way in a manger as a close second. That I can't complain about if we're going to double up on the Chipmunk song. Yeah, I, I just can't. I just when the Chipmunk song is sitting right there, I just cannot give it to a non-Christmas song. I just can't do it. I mean, the unique sounds amazing, and I love the performance of it all, but no, no. <laughs> The song is literally about Diana Ross, like, growing up, like, with, like, like nothing to her name. <laughs> and they made it about baby Jesus. Like, I just, I just can't. I can't. Um, all right. Slushy rating. I think I'll give this 0.5. I, I know I, I tend to grade these on a different scale than the rest of them, especially this one being that on top of it, on top of it, like not really following the story, it's literally an entirely different storyline. So I feel like you kind of have to grade it separately from the rest. I just like the risks that they took. This was this was crazy. I mean, they had they got robbed by a rough trade Santa. Then they got jobs behind bulletproof bulletproof glass. They put on that crazy ass performance of uh, Love Child. Becky is handing out teeth because she can't get kisses. It's just it's just a crazy ass Christmas episode and I enjoy it the most. I will not give it zero slushies because I need for season four's Christmas special to retain the top spot. But it's very fun and it's it's a, it's just it's a wild ride and I, I enjoy it every minute of it. So point five. All right. Yeah, I uh, I did enjoy it a lot uh, as well. I think the Glee season four, uh, Glee actually is is going to stay in the top spot as well for me. It's really not even close. I just loved everything about that one. But this one has a lot of good stuff too. I love the NY3 and everything that they were doing there because uh, uh, I just loved them together in the first place. So to see them all doing what they were, uh, all the craziness that was happening there was a lot of fun. Back at the school, everything with Sue and Becky uh, w- was good. I enjoyed all of that. And then uh, some of the numbers there, like the Will stuff, uh, not the Will stuff, the uh, well, Will and the New Directions. Uh, with rocking around the Christmas tree, I thought was a really nice number, and uh, yeah, I mean the the I guess the only things that I wasn't in love with was the kitty of it all. Uh, just you know, I, I, I like the kitty and Marley dynamic, but just the very quick wrap up to all of that at the end, and uh, along with what you were saying about how you know got to make sure that the season four episode gets its uh, stays with the rating that stays at the, at the highest rating. Um, I'm going to give this one one slushy. So I liked it. Uh, not uh, not a half slushy, but I liked it. And that means that what you said at the beginning of this episode is true, that this is the second best episode for both of us. Second best Christmas episode. All right. 
Gold Christmas Star. There's a lot of good good ones in this. I could give it to Becky. I could give it to Kurt. I could give it to Rough Trade Santa, even though he's a sleazy, sleazy character. Rachel. Rachel was a lot of fun in this episode, too. You know what? I think I will give mine to Rachel. Because Rachel's sort of the driving force between a lot of the shit that happens in, in New York. Like if it wasn't for her ambitious ass trying to get them all these weird jobs, then none of that shit would have happened. They wouldn't have met Rough Trade Santa. They wouldn't have been in those gorgeous ass outfits at the end of the episode. So I'm going to give it to Rachel. And, it, you know, even though this is an alternate storyline, it's suggested that Rachel is the one that plants the idea of Santana finally moving to NYC in our minds. So I'm going to I'm going to take that away. You know, it's like the, the thing that kind of pushes the plot forward in terms of season four. Like, I liked that it was Rachel that was like, oh, my God, Santana, you need to move here. You need to move here. You need to li- you need to live with us and Kurt. Like, come on. Like, you could totally do it. And then she does. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked that. So mine goes to Rachel. A couple episodes ago when we were trying to decide who to give gold stars to and you had to throw one to Tyra Banks, uh, were you talking about this being the episode that Becky uh, could potentially get another one? No. Or was there another one? There's another one. At least I thought there was another one. Yeah, I think uh, so, yeah. You thought or you think there is? I think there is. Now you're making me feel subconscious! No, I don't remember. I just, I, I, this was a Becky, this is a Becky gold star for me, uh, by, by far. Becky is, uh, the gold star of this episode. She was the bright spot for me every time we saw her on screen. So, um, I'm not going to waste another opportunity to give Becky her star. So I was just curious if this is the one you were talking about. No, it wasn't, this wasn't the one that I had in mind. No. Okay. Well, maybe I'll get more, uh, Becky gold stars in there. I would not be against it, but yeah, happy to, uh, give it to Becky here. I was considering, you know, kind of going towards the NY three in one way or another. Um, but you have Rachel covered there and, uh, Kurt and Santana both were fun in this episode, but I didn't feel like it was a standout enough to, uh, take it away from Becky. So Rachel and Becky with some gold stars. Sounds good. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up another Christmas special for the choir room. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are listening during the holiday season, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Ramadan, Happy New Year, all that jazz. Um, you can follow us at Choir Room Pod. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Amon Adwin. Matt is at Matt Ligori. And make sure that you are leaving us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. We'll read them aloud on the show. Anything else, Matt? That's all we got for Christmas. Hopefully uh, you are enjoying your Christmas time if you do listen back to this. And yes, I'm only talking to Aman. Uh, so hopefully uh, if really anybody else I really feel like someone's going to be. If you Okay, here's the thing. If you are listening to this during Christmas, please... Please tag us on Twitter, whatever, email us, DM us, write a review about it. Like, we want to know. We want to know if, like, we're included in your in your holiday cheer because that would just mean the world to me because I certainly plan on listening to all of these during the holidays and I can't wait to record our Christmas special during the holidays and want to force Matt into doing. So yeah, just let us know. Just let us know. I don't want to be alone. Don't make me spend Christmas alone listening to back episodes of The Choir Room. Don't do that to me. That's my Christmas. That's that's all I want for Christmas, guys. That's all I want is for you guys to listen to me. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Well, uh, I, 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 you keep saying you're going to force me. I'm not against it. I'm more than happy to uh, keep 
recording whatever we can find once we're done with all the recaps. So uh, we will uh, definitely work on that. And uh, who knows when you're hearing this? Who knows when you're hearing that? But I'm sure it'll all be here. All That's right. Something. Well, until next, guy, next time, guys, we will see ya at Nationals. The Nationals that just never comes. We'll see you there. <laughs> Bye.